Good morning, Westside. Glad you're here with us. It's going to be a great day today. Uh, been encouraged by some of your um, feedback and talking to you through the weeks and uh, just hearing that your spirits are high, uh, your attitudes are good. It's a good, it's good thing to be positive in something like this. Uh, I believe it's going to come to an end and we'll be able to uh, get back to work and, and get back to um, following after the plan of God for our lives and not go back to normal, but to go back to um, pursuing God like never before. Like he's uh, really on the throne and we really believe he's the creator of all things and we really believe that he has a plan for us and that we're a part of it. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time. And God's looking for people that are available and willing. So I want to encourage you to um, be looking at this season of uh, being at home and use it to connect with people like you've never never before have. And uh, that'll be really good. Let's pray over the giving. You guys are givers. You're generous folks. You're awesome. God is good. We're still uh, fulfilling our mandate and sowing seed around the world and seeing people come to the knowledge of Jesus. And that's good. And uh, we're going to keep doing that. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the giving. We thank you, Lord, that we get to sow seed into your kingdom. And uh, whether it's thick or thin, whether it's uh, drought, famine, or we're in plenty of uh, abundance and we have lots of rain, Lord, uh, we give and we sow into your kingdom because we trust you and you're good. And uh, we just thank you, Lord, that you cause those things that we sow into your kingdom to produce fruit in our lives. And we thank you for it. We thank you that we have a part to play in the end time harvest right before Jesus comes back. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. Amen. Wanted to um, let you guys know we are shooting for doing a uh, Mother's Day drive-in church service again, uh, like our Easter service. But we're going to do one service at 10 o'clock one service, and we're going to do a drive-in Mother's Day service. So believe with us for good weather, and it's going to be a good time. We're going to uh, let as many people know uh, as we can so that they can come and be a part of that service and worship with, the, with all of us and uh, have a message for you. God will be uh, moving in our midst, and we're excited about that coming up. That's just a couple weeks away, so put that on your calendar. Make sure you're here. It's going to be a good time, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing your faces again. Thank you, Lord. So we're in this series. Uh, entitled why why there's a lot of why questions in a season and a time like this and it's good to ask uh questions especially when they're honest before the lord when we um, look to him for answers so that we can understand and god wants us to understand some things and uh it does require us to come seeking and come asking him and there are certain things that uh, we may have questions about that the lord won't show us specifically uh things about other people and other situations that uh, in all truth, aren't any of our business. But there, there is truth to asking God about ourselves and saying, Lord, how does, how, how does this apply to me? How uh, and what do I need to understand about this situation so I know what your plan and your purpose is and, and, and I can see what happened? And God will reveal these things to us because he wants us to understand, especially with things pertaining to our own lives, what's going on. We have a, a right and a privilege of that, of being his kids, to understand that he's not doing this mysterious work in us that we won't ever understand, but that we can come to him and say, okay, Lord, uh, it doesn't look exactly like I thought it would, and I trust you, but I, I need some help here. And if, if we're missing it and we're off and we're causing our own problems, he will reveal those to us. And if we're right smack in the middle of his will and the enemy's trying to derail us, he can reveal that to us too. And, th- and those are good questions to ask. And so we're in this series where we're um, just asking good questions. So just a little bit of recap. Um, I do want to refresh your memory of what I said last week was, if you were raised in church and, and you had uh, some teaching and some theology and stuff put into you as you've grown and matured in the Lord, uh, I'm going to probably say some things that will challenge you and uh, 
maybe even has a potential of upsetting you in some things, but I want, I want to preach the truth to you so that we can understand some things about who our God is and how he works in our lives. And so don't, don't shut me down if you hear something that, that disagrees with something you learned a long time ago. Uh, be open to it. Be, be willing to look at the scriptures with me and see what uh, the kind of character of God that we have so that we can um, not attribute things to him that he had nothing to do with. Does that make sense? So stay with me. Just stay hooked up. And we're going to go through the scripture. Deuteronomy 29 was our scripture last week. Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it says this, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. There are some secret things that God has set aside for just him. There are things that, that he is not going to tell and not re- reveal uh, to us. But there are some things that he will reveal to us. And, and because he has revealed them, then they are available to us and to our children. And uh, there are things that he's revealed uh, openly, publicly, across the board for everyone to know. That uh, Obviously, the, the news that Jesus is um, the Savior, that he died for our sins, he rose from the dead, he's the way, the truth, and the life. These things have been revealed to all mankind. And uh, God said no man is without excuse when they stand before him, that he has revealed himself even in the, in the very creation. And so, you know, there are some things that God has revealed to us, and there are things that he wants to reveal to us personally about our lives too, so that we can uh, continue to make good decisions and follow after him. Um, there are... There are uh, Definitely certain things that you would know um, about yourself and about like your family and you know even a relationship with your spouse. There's things that I know and Cody and I know about each other that just isn't anybody else's business. And uh, that's true between you and the Lord too. He will reveal things to you that really isn't anybody else's business. And at the same time, he's also revealing things about your neighbor and about your friends and about uh, other things to them that really isn't any of your business. Um, but it's good to ask questions about what God needs to do and wants to do in us. Uh, he does want us to be seekers and askers. Matthew 7, we saw this, that uh, he said, Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds to him who uh, the door is opened. Or to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And so we want to be seekers of truth. We want to look for truth to understand because that's what God wants us to know and want, wants us to understand. When we Also, I need to know this, that there's not uh, one quick answer in the series. There's not one quick answer to all of these questions. That's why this is a series. That's why there is uh, some depths that we're going to kind of probe and, and examine and mine out, find some things. So just stay with us and understand um, as, as I'm talking and, and teaching, God's going to be talking to your heart and he's going to be revealing things and showing things to you. So um, be looking for that. Also, um, we've got to get this, we said this last week, we've got to get this term, this, this thought pattern, this process, this ideology out of our thinking that says that God has a secret plan. God has a secret plan. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Come on. We've all said it. We've heard it. But God uh, is not hiding his plan from us for our lives. When we say that, when we say God has a secret plan, it shuts down our ability to understand, to go to him and to understand, to gain knowledge in an area. And that then it just kind of, um, in addition to that, it adds to this that if God has a secret plan, then whatever happens and how it happens, God must be doing something in that. And that's just not true. It's just not true. So we have to get this thinking out of our head that God has this super secret plan and that we'll never understand what it is. And in reality, he's laid out his plan of redemption for all of us in his word. 
And his redemption, his plan of redemption is that we all come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. And he wants that to happen for us. And he's made it available for all of us. And so he's working through uh, in each of us in different levels and different areas where we can come to understand his word for our lives. And uh, there's this knowledge building that happens. So uh, Hosea 4, chapter 6, or sorry, chapter 4, verse 6, says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're not destroyed uh, because it was God's will. They're destroyed because they have a lack of knowledge. And so we need to understand that there's some things we need to know so that we are not allowing destruction into our lives. That knowledge is actually a, an insurance, a protector from destruction. We got to get this thinking of that, uh, that I just believe that whatever God wants to happen will just automatically happen. That no matter what we do, that, that God's will will just happen. And that's not true either. Because if that was true, then we wouldn't have verses like 1 Timothy 2.4 that says God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And, and we know that that's God's desire, but not everyone is coming to the knowledge of the truth. Um, we, it, when we say stuff like that, that whatever God wants to happen will happen, uh, it in, in the nicest possible way, it really is just ignorance of the word of God. We are ignorant of what God wants to do in us and through us because he does have a will, but Jesus told us in the Lord's Prayer, he said, pray that thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. If his will is done in, in the earth as it already is in heaven, then there's no reason to pray that prayer. So we need to position ourselves to be walking in God's word and in his will. If we believe that whatever God wants to happen will happen, then we're also saying that uh, his will is, is happening, his perfect will is happening regardless of what we do. Then we're also saying that we're doing the perfect will of God, that we're not making any mistakes, that our prayer life means nothing, that how we act and how we treat others doesn't matter because that was all God's plan and all his will. And the truth is, is that uh, he's instructed us to do some things so that we can walk in the right paths with him. And uh, this isn't earning salvation. This is just using knowledge and wisdom to walk out our, our days. So we need to ask good, honest questions. And, and I said this at the end of last week, but we need to understand this, that uh, we need to stay on God's side. No matter what we're going through, no matter what questions we have, no matter what we're seeking for, whatever doors we're knocking on to get answers, we need to stay on God's side because he is not our problem. He is the answer. He is the solution. He is on our side and we want to make sure we stay with him and not separate ourselves from him and come to this place of why god are you doing this that that (laughs) is not the type of question that we want to ask god we do not want to be asking god why are you doing this we need to ask god okay lord show me what's going on show me what i'm missing excuse me so that he can reveal that to us thank you lord have you ever seen you ever heard anybody say that God is in control? I have, you have. Um, we need to be careful with that terminology, that God is in control. Because the Bible says clearly in 1 John five nineteen, it says we know positively that we are of God and the whole world around us is under the power of the evil one. And uh, we need to make sure that we're not attributing to God uh, all the things that are happening because God is in control. God is in control of our lives to the degree that we allow him to work in us, to the, agree, the degree that we will obey and follow his word and his plan and his purpose. If we go crazy in haywire and we do some naughty, wrong, bad stuff, that is not God in control of us. That's us exercising our free will. And those free will decisions will have repercussions on the people around us. 
So we need to understand God does desire to have a relationship with us so that we are leaning on him for our decisions and our actions and doing what he's asked us to do. But to say that God is in control just leaves a blanket statement to the world that just says, whatever's happening to you, God's, God's doing it for a reason. And that's really not the truth. Okay, everybody still okay? Here's, the, here's where we dive into um, this next part, this part two. And uh, there was a part one, so make sure that you listen to the part one. Uh, you can do a few of these things out of order, but this does build. So I encourage you to go back and listen and build on this series so that you're with us where we're at in this series so you understand what we've already come through and talked about uh, so you're not blindsided by some of these things because we have covered some of these things. So stay with me. Second Peter chapter one. In verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. In your Bible there, if you're making notes, if you're, make sure you're underlining that word knowledge both times in verse, uh, chapter, in verse 2 and verse 3 that he uh, is asking us, he's saying grace and multi- peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. And then he says life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us. So really when we talk about the type of things that Christians that we go through or we see going on is, is the truth, this is the truth, is that we don't have a sickness problem, we have a knowledge problem. We don't have a sickness problem, we have a knowledge problem. If we're, if we're dealing with stuff and it's reoccurring and it's, it's going over and over again and it keeps coming back and it's, it's constantly a problem in our lives, then we are not waiting on God to do something for us. We are not understanding something about how to walk in the benefits that he's already provided. This is our God. And he loves us. And he is not saying yes to some and no to others. He is saying yes to all of us. Any man, woman, or child that comes to him and says, I want Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, he will not turn away. Any man or woman or child that comes to him and says, Father, I believe you're the healer and and I need healing, he will not turn you away. Anyone that needs help in their finances or in their relationships, they come to him and they say, Father, I need this. He will not say, it's not for you. It's not for today. That's That's not your path. He will always give good gifts to his kids who come to him. So if we have a sickness problem, we actually have a knowledge problem. If we have a money problem, we actually have a knowledge problem. Come on, this is just basic economics. If, if we're making a certain amount of money and we could be making more, there are other people that may not even be as smart as you making more money because they learned something that you don't know. This is just true across the board. Some people have skills in sales. Some people earned their skills in sales because they acquired knowledge and they worked at it. They disciplined themselves. We have issues and things in our lives that we cast on God, that God's in control and he's doing these things. And in reality, he's trying to get us information, trying to get us his word, trying to get us to walk in faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we receive that, come on, faith will build up in us and then he'll be able to reveal some things to us that we were missing all along. We don't have money problems, we have 
knowledge problems. We don't have sickness problems. We have knowledge problems. Some of you out there have uh, been around this long enough and have been around us long enough that you've seen some of these books that we hand out that are like, uh, these, this, is, this is how you get well, that God wants you well. And beginning at that point, that God wants you well is the beginning of the path of walking in health and healing. To understand that our words and our thoughts and our actions have power in our lives. And what we believe about God and what we believe about ourselves in the word makes a difference in who we become and who we are and what we deal with. We don't have relationship problems. We have knowledge problems. There are things that we need to understand from the word of God from our heavenly father that he will reveal to us. If we will seek him, ask him, and knock on that door, he will open to us. And he will reveal some things to us and it will help us to be victorious and walk in the victory he's already given us. Thank you, Lord. It's not just enough to just say, well, I went to church. And that's good. I'm glad you went to church. That's good that you went to church. But did you get anything out of it? Did you receive anything from the Lord? Come on, when your kids come out of the child area and we've ministered to them, ask them, what did you hear from God? Not just, did you have fun? That's an okay question. But ask them, what did you learn? What did you hear from God? God wants to speak to them just like he wants to speak to us. What did you hear from God? Okay. You know, it's like going to church. You might have gone for a number of years, but I understand this, that it doesn't take God decades to help make changes in our lives. It takes us decades sometimes to relinquish some things and recognize some things and learn some things so that God can work in our lives. It doesn't take God decades to do anything. He can and work, can do and wants to work in our lives from the moment we say yes to Jesus, from that moment. So if we've been born again, we've been saved, we've been following God for a while, and we've been going to church and we've been doing some things and our lives are a mess or there's areas of our lives that are a mess, we need to not cast that burden on the Lord. We need to say, Father, what am I not understanding that I need to understand? What are some things from your word that I am not getting, that are not soaking in? Because I'm telling you, people that serve the Lord and follow after him, they bear fruit. Jesus said, you'll know my disciples by their fruit. Where's the fruit in our lives? If we're in a struggle and a season of our lives where we're just like, God, I don't understand what's going on. Why is everything falling apart? We need to ask him, Lord, what should I be doing differently? Because I'm clearly missing it in some areas. I'm not understanding something. This is not your plan. Your plan is for us to increase and to grow. Not that we don't go through tough times because the enemy will go after you when you fall in the plan of God for your life. But that is short-lived. Those battles are short, short, short. And the victories come. But if we've been dealing for stuff for months and years and a decade, that's, that's too long. That's something where we need to be humble enough to say, you know what? This is not what I see from the Word. I see victory in the Word. I see people that are following after God. Now, a lot of people will come back at me with this response right here. And they'll say, yeah, but what about Paul? What about the disciples? What about these apostles that went out and pioneered churches all over? They, they were up against persecution all the time. That is true. But then I have to ask you this question. Are you pioneering churches in the unknown world? Are you breaking ground in places that have never been broken? Are you going into cities where they worshiped idols and have sex slaves and you're disrupting the entire industry? Yes, they had opposition because the word of God was going forth. I would say most Christians are going through some junk in their lives just because they don't understand stuff. 
that we are not getting uh, buffeted by the enemy. We are not getting hit blow after blow after blow because we're, we are preaching and we are evangelizing and we're making disciples and we're going after the thing. Come on now, we need to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, God, what is it that you called me to do? Because I don't mind taking some persecution from the enemy when I'm doing exactly what you called me to do. But I know that persecution is short-lived. I know that persecution can only last for a little while and I will press on and press through and walk through the valley of the shadow of death and come out gleaming on the other side. This is the kind of attitude and the talk that we need to have with ourselves and say, okay, God, where am I at? What am I doing? I've had to do this myself. I have missed it in some areas and some things came down the pipe that were not God. They were because I made mistakes. I missed it. I wasn't listening. I decided to do my own thing and I reaped some repercussions of that that were not God. But when I humbled myself and I said, Lord, I missed it. Forgive me, help me. He began to turn the tide of that and began to help me correct it, help me turn it back, help me get out of that mess that's the humility that he wants to see from his kids to say, Father, I know this isn't you. I know you didn't cause this in my life. I know that you're not doing these things to hurt me or punish me or discipline me in this way. I know that you will have the best intentions for me. Show me, Father, what it is. That heart, that ask, that question, that why, that will get you somewhere. That will open doors for you. That will cause you to find what you are seeking. Amen. <laughs> We got to know who we are. We got to know what we have access to. We got to know what it is that God has done for us. People do not know who they are. By and large, people do not know. Christian believers that, that love Jesus do not know who they are in Christ. People do not know what they have in Christ. People do not know what they can do in Christ. This is why we're teaching this. We are called to a higher level once we make Jesus the Lord of our lives. Come on, heaven is our home. Heaven is our citizenship. God has poured out into us, into the body of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit to, to invoke his will in the earth. We are called to that. And I, I would challenge us to think this way, that we are living at a much lower level than God designed us to live because we have accepted the lie of the world. We have accepted things in our lives that God never intended us for, to hang on to. Yeah. Police officers. Police officers have got to know the authority that they carry, that the badge that they wear and the gun and the taser and the equipment and the radio that they have on them produces an authority in their lives that they can go in and take care of the situation the way they need to, knowing that if they call for backup, it's coming, knowing that their badge protects them, that, that gives them authority to uh, invoke the law and to make sure that they are um, taking the bad guys out. And it's so true. I mean, we have, to do, we have to think about this the same way. If we don't know the authority that we have, we will not use it. If we don't know the access that we have to heaven, that we can call in for backup and we'll have it. If we don't know that we have weapons of our warfare that we can use to subdue the enemy, we won't use them. And by and large, the church has not been taught this. They have not been taught to go on the offensive. They have not been taught to operate in authority. They have not been taught to understand that they are the adopted sons and daughters of the living God, where heaven is their home, Jesus is their Savior, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of them. They have not been taught. And we have to rise up and tell people God is good. He is not doing this nasty stuff in your life. He desires to be on your side and to bring you into the fold and to help you and train you and teach you to understand some things because God is good. Amen? I remember one time I was uh, probably 14 or 15 years old and I was driving with a friend that was older and uh, 
and uh, his, his license, for whatever reason, uh, hadn't come in the mail yet. It, it wasn't suspended, but he just hadn't gotten it yet, and he wasn't supposed to be driving, but he was. And um, I remember we were uh, on two separate blocks with one of his other friends, and I'm in the passenger seat, and we're flying down this residential road, and he's trying to cut over back to the arterial to get in front of him. That's all he was really trying to do, driving too fast, uh, cut over on a block, flew up to a stop sign, and, of course, the sun was setting, to the right where the where the cars were where the where his buddy's car was where we were looking to pull out and so he kind of rolled the stop sign and went to go and then saw a car suddenly and hit the brakes and stopped and uh the the car that was that was that he didn't see was actually a police officer and so um as as the police officer went back and started to turn around because he was going to deal with it my friend panicked and uh, gunned it and drove across the street onto another block down an alleyway just um, just for whatever reason I'm thinking what are you doing and so we got parked and he and his other friend that he was trying to get in front of did the same thing and he asked his other friend he said can you please get in my car and drive for me because if if I get pulled over without this without this license current it's going to delay and cause problems it's a big ticket and his friend reluctantly said I will do it but if I get a ticket man you are paying every cent of it and so we get back in, and we all pile into this one car, and we drive. And, of course, the police officer was looking for us and pulled us over and um, nicely did not give a ticket, just a stern warning. But I remember my heart just beating, knowing that the authority that that police officer could invoke on us could have been much more severe than it actually was. And uh, we, I, I think of this like when the enemy comes against Christians— I want his heartbeat to race. I want him to think, oh my gosh, if they knew what they had, if they knew what they could do, I want him to be freaked out about messing around with God's kids. That when he decides that he's going to come in and try to make a dent, cause a problem, uh, bring a situation to you to cause worry or anxiety or fear, that he will quickly understand that as believers we know who we are, we're going to invoke and exercise our authority and we're going to run him out. That's the kind of believer God needs in this world, in this time, in this season. Thank you, Lord. We have to understand that sickness that attaches itself in any way, shape, or form to a Christian is done so illegally. Come on, lack and poverty that attaches itself to a Bible-believing, giving Christian has done so illegally. And we have to enforce the law in our own lives to make sure that that... uh, perpetrator comes to justice sickness must stand trial we we must exercise and execute judgment over it in our lives if we are sick if it is staying in our bodies it is illegally that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen because people still rob banks right still people still speed people still do illegal drugs they're breaking the law all the time but it's illegal and if we enforce it we use our authority we can uh, evict these things from our lives by the power of God. He wants us to. And that's just us knowing who we are. You guys okay? I got a little bit more for you. Where are we at time-wise? We doing all right? <sighs> okay. When you were born again, you were changed spiritually. You were changed spiritually. When you were born again, you were changed spiritually. Second Corinthians 5.17 talks about us becoming new creatures in Christ Jesus. New creatures in Christ Jesus. That, that we cannot say, oh, we're just like everybody else. We're just forgiven. That's baloney. That's baloney. We are brand new creations in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. 
We are not just like everybody else. We are walking, living, breathing sons and daughters of the living God in the earth. Okay. The second thing is, is that we are changed positionally. We are changed spiritually, for sure, when we're born again. We're also changed positionally. Everybody say positionally. It's true, our position. So in Ephesians chapter 2, Verse 4, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, for by grace you have been saved. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Far above, everybody say this, that he made us sit together in heavenly places, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness toward us in Christ. He has given us a seat, a position. When, when congressmen get uh, elected, they, uh, they go through a ceremony where they are seated in their place. They are seated in their position. And God has done that for us, that he has placed us seated with Christ in heavenly places. That's our position now. This is all about understanding who we are and the authority that we have. We are changed spiritually. We are changed positionally. Christians don't have problems. Our problems have a Christian. Think about that. Christians should not have problems. Our problem should have a Christian. I want the enemy to quake in his boots when he finds out, uh-oh, they know, they know who they are. They know their position. They know their authority. They know what God's done for them. They're coming after us. I want him. I want him to think twice before messing with people that know Jesus. You hear me? The third thing is that happens when we're born again is that we are changed authoritatively authoritatively in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20 he says which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in his right hand in heavenly places this is far above all principality power might dominion and every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all authoritatively we are seated with Christ far above all principality and power and might and dominion that's all levels of demonic activity in the earth we are above it we are seated with Christ so we don't look up at our problems or up at these mountains in front of us we look down at them from a position of authority that's who we are you guys okay Ver- number 4 we're changed powerfully we are changed powerfully. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says that you, Jesus told them, he said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, world, to the, ends of the earth. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes in you, floods in you, flows through you, activates inside of you, you will receive power to be the witness. There is so much to be said here, but I want to encourage you, every single one of you, there is a, an experience, an acts that the church did not know was coming. And it was when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they received power from him to be witnesses. And something on the inside of their spirit rose up on the inside of them and they spoke out, they prayed out, and they sang out in tongues and speaking in tongues and in their own prayer language and praying in the Holy Spirit. And this is something that is absolutely vital for every single member of the body of Christ. Everybody say that with me. Every single member can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and pray the mysteries of God in their own prayer language. This is what we're called to do, to be powerful, to, to operate in the power that he's given us. Come on, this isn't for our own glory. This is for the glory of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The King of Kings. Thank you, Lord. 
So we have been given a position of power. We were changed spiritually. We were changed positionally, seated with him. We were given authority far above all these principalities and powers. We were given power on the inside of us so that we can accomplish the plan that God has for us. And that's you and me. We've got to walk in this. We've got to understand what it is. We've got to take our authority seriously and walk out the plan of God for our lives. Amen? Thank you, Lord. You say, well, if I, knew, if I had this power, I would know about it. Corey, I'm telling you, I would know about it. Well, let me tell you something. In the last 200 years, really, uh, was just the amount of time that we discovered, not invented, electricity. Did you know that? So electricity has been around for thousands of years. But it wasn't until recently, as far as time goes, that we discovered electricity. It was always available, but we were not doing anything with it right? There, there was no lights being turned on. Nobody knew how to plug in the refrigerator. Like the, none of that was happening because they didn't understand what was available to them. The technology had increased. The understanding had increased. The knowledge had to be there. God wants us to understand there is power available to us that has been available all along. If we'll step up and say, yes, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Holy Spirit, come in me. Be the power that I'm destined to carry so that I can do your will and your plan in my life. Amen? All right, fifth thing, last thing, is we're changed rightfully. We've been given rights. We've been given rights. As citizens, we've been given rights. You have rights. If you were, if you, as an American in this country, if, if somebody violates your civic rights, your constitutional rights, we know that's a violation of my rights. Come on, we're in the cusp of facing a bunch of those decisions right now. Right now in the season that we live in, we have to pay attention. We understand that we have rights. You know that? The same is true as believers. When we are following the Lord, we have rights. We have rights. We have privilege. His grace, His mercy, His help, His healing. We have rights and privileges. We can come before the Lord and we can come before Him boldly. He said this in Colossians 1 verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints in the light. Come on, that's us, partakers of inheritance. John 1 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. That's good news. That's good news. He gave us the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. We have a right. We have a right. And we have rights. And we have privileges to be sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That means something in this world. That means something in the life to come. But I'm telling you, we need to exercise the authority that we have to walk in the plan of God for our lives. I know people uh, that, have, that are going through tough times. They're going through tough times. Some of it's due to COVID. Some of it's just due to life. And um, sometimes they're just like, God, I don't understand, but I believe you're doing something. Well, the truth is, is that we need to ask questions in these situations because um, I know of people from my past, from years ago, that I know they were called to do something. I know they were called to either uh, be evangelists or pastors or a teacher. They were called to go into the mission field and they knew that in them, but for whatever reason, they let somebody, something or some circumstance talk them out of it. And they, and they tried to find a way with jobs and work and businesses and life and fill all these gaps. And then things just keep seeming to fall apart. And, and it's not working out and they, and, and they lose this or they lose that and they're just like, Lord, what do I do? And the truth is, is that the path that they were called to, for whatever reason, they just stepped away from. And it's not God doing these things in their lives. He has called us to be fruitful. And we need to be humble enough to say, man, if I'm not producing what 
I thought I'd be producing by now. If I'm not in a place where God needs me to be, then I need to humble myself and say, Father, where do I need to, where do I need to make a change? Where do I need to go back to? What, do I, what is it that you want me to do that I missed it, that I didn't follow through, that I didn't obey, that I walked away from and allow him to get you back on track? Because I'm telling you, people that follow God, their, their roads are they're smooth. Their paths are straight. That doesn't mean there isn't trouble. But when your path is straight, and you know you're following the plan of God for your life, the stuff that comes up, you can use your authority and say, I know what that is. That's meant to distract me. I'm not yielding to that. I'm following the Lord, and we're coming through this. Do you hear me? That was for somebody. Thank you, Lord. I want to say this. Um, there are many reasons why things happen. It would be foolish for us to just, to just stamp something, this is the reason, this is the answer. We have to go to God and ask these things for ourselves because there are things he will tell you about yourself that he won't tell to other people. There are things he wants you to know about your plan and your purpose and your track that he won't tell anybody else and he won't tell you until you come before him humbly and ask him. Without the fist shaking, God, why are you doing this? Say, Father, you're a good God. And this isn't, this isn't looking like I thought it would. Help me to understand. Give me knowledge and, and understanding so I know what to do and, and where I've missed it or where I need to make corrections or changes. And he'll do that. He'll show you. Thank you, Lord. I want to say this, that just because things are going bad, some Christians would say, well, that's just because you don't have enough faith. And really, that's not true. That's not a fair statement because you can't just blanket stamp this, well, that's a faith issue. You can't do that. You can't do that. And at the same time, there are other Christians that say, well, it doesn't matter what's happening. God is in control. And they just push everything off on God and whatever happens, happens and it's his will. And neither one of those statements are true. The truth is God has a perfect plan for your life. And none of us, including me, have walked it out perfectly. We are endeavoring to stay on track with him and do things correctly from here on out to make as few mistakes as possible following after him and allowing him to speak to us and so we can hear his voice. But is not a God is just in control issue and it's not as you don't have enough faith. Sometimes we just need to ask him the right questions and be willing to hear the answers. You guys doing okay? So this is our why series. This is why we're going through these things. This is why we're beginning to understand so that we can gain knowledge and, and understanding and revelation from the word and from our father so that he can direct us and guide us and shape us. And so that we get these ideas of... Uh, God's doing this for purpose. There's purpose for a pain. You know, you never know what God's going to do. We get these ideas and these thoughts that aren't biblical or scripture out of our head and come before him humbly and say, Father, I want to do what you asked me to do. I want to follow and, and fulfill the plan of God for my life. Please help me to understand some things so I can walk in it. Show me what to do. I will obey you. And that obedience opens the door for understanding and revelation. Okay. You guys good? That's all I have for you this morning. Let me, uh, let me pray for you. I believe God wants to move, and uh, he wants to move in your heart. Uh, uh, this recording uh, will get shared out by you guys. Share these things out to your friends and family. You never know the people that would never go to a church might watch this video, and, and God will bring light and instruction and ideas to their mind where they didn't understand, where they had the wrong idea. Somebody had taught them years ago, some, some well-meaning Christian, some well-meaning preacher, some well-meaning, someone had told them, well, God is doing this for a reason. There's purpose for your pain. You never know what God's gonna do. You gotta just trust him. He's just in control of everything. And they believe God is just a sadistic creator, and it's not true. Get these tools in their hands so they can see God is good, and he wants us to understand. So share these out. But I believe that even in this recording, even if it's watched a month from now, a year from now, two years from now, that God's spirit is alive and well. And this, what is spoken will make a difference in someone's life.
Amen? So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this word. I thank you that it's true and it's right. Lord, you're a good God. You never fail. Thank you for illuminating our heart, bringing light into us so that we can understand and see clearly what is really going on in our lives, that we do have authority, that we can trust you, and we can come to you for help when we need it. And we thank you, Father, for that. Thank you that you're working in us. If you're here this morning, you're listening to this, anywhere you're at, and you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you're in a place in your life where you have, but you have walked away, and you need to rededicate and recommit your life. I'm gonna pray a prayer right now, and I'm gonna ask you to pray it with me, because you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You need to accept his sacrifice for our sins so that you don't have to pay for your own sins when you stand before the Father. You can accept Jesus' sacrifice for that. God wants us to recognize our sin and repent of it. That means turn 180 degrees away from it and follow after him. He does not want wishy-washy, mushy faith Christians. He wants on fire for him. I will, I will do whatever you ask me to do type of people. And, and this, is the, this is what I believe God is calling us as Christians to and calling the world to. If you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I guarantee you right now, the Holy Spirit is working on your heart and saying, this is something you need to do. This is, what, this is what I've been working on you to do. The Holy Spirit is talking to you, talking to your heart, talking to your, your mind, talking to your thoughts. Come on, take the step. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Pray this prayer after me. Say this with me. Father God, I believe Jesus is your son. He came to the earth, he died for my sin, and God, you raised him from the dead. Jesus, I'm asking you, come into my heart, come into my life, be my savior and my Lord, and make me brand new. Forgive me of all my sin, and fill me with your spirit, and I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Well, if you prayed that prayer, something happened on the inside of you that you are brand new. God has wiped away your sin from your life and he's brought you into the kingdom. He's brought you into the fold. You are one of his. So if you prayed that prayer, no matter where you're at, how far away you are, what the date is on this, text the church, 818. It's 509-818-7100. 509-818-7100. Text the church and say, I prayed that prayer. I made Jesus the Lord of my life. We wanna get some materials in your hand because God is good and he has good plans for your life. Amen? I, I feel like God wants to do some healing. He always backs up his word with signs and wonders. He wants to do some things. So if you've got stuff going on in your body and you know it and you, and you want to believe God right now that his word is true and right, he's the healer, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he never changes. Jesus touched every single person that came to him and saw them healed when he was on the planet and he was the express image of the Father. If you need healing in your body, there is healing power available right now, right where you sit, right where you're at. If you will just believe God and say, yes, God, I receive healing in my body. So put your hands on your body. Put your hands where it hurts, where you need healing. I speak life and health to that body in Jesus' name. Healing power flowing. Lord, you said, you said that you would back up your word and perform signs and wonders and miracles. That, that even if they don't believe us for the words that we say, Father, they would believe us for the works that you are doing in them. So I speak healing and life to those bodies in Jesus' name. Organs work in Jesus' name. Backs be straight in Jesus' name. Come on, eyesight be restored in Jesus' name. I speak life and health to every part of the body. Anybody that's dealing with any illness, any sickness, any pain, any injury in Jesus' name. I speak life and health and healing to it. Father, you're so good, and I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, 
Thank you, Lord. You receive healing. You notice pain is gone. Something's different. The doctor confirms it. Let us know. 509-818-7100. Text us. Let us know. Those testimonies go out to other people and they say, yes, God's still working. He's still moving. And we want to share them with you because that breeds and brings up faith in others. Amen. God is good. I love you. Remember, Jesus is coming soon. And we're doing a a podcast series uh, week to week where we're talking about the end times where Jesus is coming. So look for those and make sure you share and like and subscribe to these channels because God wants to uh, expand this message and get it to others so that they can see too that God is good to them. Amen. I love you. Remember, Jesus is coming soon. Have a great week.